listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Okie dokie. Welcome to the Tactical Kitchen Show. Hey, are you doing a different I was trying to do something different. I don't know what's happening here. The problem is, is I don't think about it until I hit record, and then I'm like, oh, I should do something different. It's totally spontaneous. If I planned it beforehand, it might actually work out. Yeah, well, this is episode 23 for you guys who are joining us today with Steve's new and inventive intro. <laughs> well, every time I want to just go to the Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. I think Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right, works for every single thing on the planet. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Hey, do you want some eggs? Well, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> do you want a steak? All right, all right, all right. I know, he basically made a career off that. It's pretty funny. I know. Why can't we get Matthew on the show? Because we haven't called him. We haven't asked. <laughs> we you haven't know asked what? him. If you don't ask, you don't receive. That's true. You know, that's absolutely I'm true. I'm pretty sure he's probably not listening to us, but if he is... You know, I bet, give us a, I bet we could get him on the show. I want to make a phone call after this. I know that you know people. Right. I, I know people that know people that might know people. I know. Maybe we could get... All right, all right, all right. So we'll I try just to have do to that. do it one more time. Yeah, it'd be fun. So what are we talking about today? Well, apparently Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> we do that all the time. <laughs> I, do we have a Matthew McConaughey like, like crush? Both he's of a us? fellow I don't Texas know. guy. I guess and, that's it. And he just exudes coolness, so it's it's fun to talk about him. I know it's super. Fun. I think we could all be friends. Well, I know we could because we are well, friends with his brother. The one thing that Matthew does is he works out. He does, and that's what we are going to talk about today. That's not, what we're talking about today, working out. Not Matthew McConaughey's workout. No, we don't know what he does. There's no telling. I don't know. But I'm sure it's interesting. It's probably pretty cool. So we're going to talk about working out. We're going to talk about what we do for working out, what you can do for working out, things you want to think about when you start stepping into, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to push myself type of arena. Yeah, and the I think the cool thing is... It, since we've been eating carnivore, I don't know. I felt like everything that we do working out has just gotten easier. And a lot of people that have been eating keto or carnivore, maybe they haven't ever worked out before and they're starting to feel good. So we want to help you guys out know where to, and know where to start. Yeah, and when we've been doing our, our ketovore type experiment, what I've noticed is recovery has been really good. And that's, that's what I struggle with. I, I don't have a problem with pushing my body. The problem is, is I push it too far and then I get injured or I can't recover for the next workout. So what I've really noticed is since we've been really eating a mostly animal protein diet, my recovery, my muscle recovery and my joint recovery has been a lot better. Oh, yeah. I'm, I would say that that for anybody who's listening who knows what Dom's is, it's not Dom Diagostino, <laughs> <laughs> although he's a cool dude too. Um, but delayed onset muscle soreness, mm-hmm. that whole thing. I can remember working out years ago, and 
I would the next day be so sore. I would think, how in the world am I ever going to work out again? And especially since we eat keto, and I know this has a lot to do with the protein and the um, fatty acids. Mm -hmm. My muscle soreness is not near what it used to be, even though the workouts are harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and that's the thing is that that is recovery. So you can recover, so you can work out again, so you can keep making gains. If you're sore, you know, you get that delayed onset muscle soreness, you're less likely to have another good workout. Exactly. Can we just talk about my voice for a minute? So We can. We can. I just want to talk <laughs> about this for a minute. Um, so I sound like a version of Demi Moore, I guess, this week. And it's in Texas, apparently, the allergy season is upon us. And I've never had them before. And I think it's ever since we lived in, I moved to Florida with Steve for five years and then came back to Texas all of a sudden, sometimes when it gets really bad outside, I, I, it actually bothers me. You know who you sound like? No. John Wilder. Z, the John, John Wilder? The John Wilder? The John Wilder. <laughs> Romancing the stone. <laughs> uh, what's her name? Damn it. <laughs> Catherine. Yeah. Something. Okay, dang it, I can't remember that. Golly, she was, also, she was also Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, well. Bad on us, right. we can't remember Somebody her out there knows, that you can you can hit us up for it. So we're going to talk about. Kathleen Turner, I just remembered it. Kathleen Turner, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we do working out? That's what people might be interested in hearing. What do we do working out? Yeah, if you're interested. We <laughs> say if, if you care. Well, we're going to tell you anyway because you're here. So what we do, we do a lot of different stuff. Um, I used to do triathlons. Uh, when I was in the military, we did a lot of running, a lot of rucksack marching, uh, a lot of different calisthenic workouts uh, all the time just to stay in shape because my job was to carry heavy equipment around for long distances, whether it be in the mountains or, or swimming, uh, scuba diving, all that kind of stuff. So you had to be in really good shape. So uh, a lot of us leaned toward the triathlon events because it was swimming, running, biking, uh, which we had to be in really good shape to do that. But we also, you know, everybody likes to lift, especially guys. So now what we do is we do a lot of pretty much all that stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I did before? Tybo. <laughs> Jazzercise. I was a cardio queen. Step aerobics. Step aerobics. I, hey, I'm not going to knock step aerobics. I did it once and when I was young, and I was so sore afterwards. Uh, it wasn't a joke. It's I, not a joke. I did a lot of step aerobics. But I was not very much on the whole weightlifting thing because I was like every girl from the 80s. I was like, that makes you gain weight. That makes me heavy. I don't want to put on any weight. Oh, it's so sad because, you know, when as a kid I did a lot of gymnastics stuff, and then I got out of that. But then as an, like a young adult, I didn't work out. I did like... Like I said, jazzercise, whatever that is. And then the Tybo thing came around, and I thought I was killing it with that. But now, oh, my gosh. So we do a lot of, I say, a lot of different kind of stuff. So we work with kettlebells. Uh, we got weights out back. So we, we lift. We do uh, compound movements like, uh, you know, the clean and jerk, the overhead press, uh, your regular deadlift, squats. We also like to do sprints and run and ride bikes. So we, we do a lot of everything. Yeah. I think I really, a couple of years ago is when, let's see, it was probably like 20, 
it was before we moved back to Texas. So it was maybe like 2014. I really started lifting weights a little bit. And then when we moved back here, I started going a little heavier. And that's when I kind of fell in love with the whole weightlifting thing. And I'm 46 and I started late with all of that. But there isn't anything that I like working out with more than heavy weights. That's like my, that's my favorite thing are the heavy weights. Well, it's fun because you're moving weight. It makes you feel empowered, makes you feel strong. We can, when you start increasing in how much weight you do, those are accomplishments. Oh, and you're always fighting against yourself. You're competing against yourself. I'm not really competing against you because I can't lift as much as you yet. Not yet. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's good to find something that you feel is fun, that's one of the biggest things is it's fun to me right. to and, do and that. At, and at 46 and 48, what the point we're trying to get across to you guys out there is, you know, we eat the ketovore diet and we work out and we feel very good working out. We have all the energy we need to work out. Sometimes we do it twice a day. and Most of the time. Most of the time we're, we're doing twice a day. Like this morning workout was we did a 20-minute a um, as many rounds as possible. And we just came up with three exercises for, for each of us. Mine was four, but yeah. So, oh, so four <laughs> exercises. So, you know, exercises for each of us. And we just did as many rounds as possible for 20 minutes. And that's a smoker. Yeah. So like for me, what I did, just so you know, this is a fun workout. Set your timer 20 minutes. I did 20 kettlebell swings, five uh, kettlebell thrusters, and then I did the snatch, five snatches each side with a kettlebell, and then five toes to bar. And as many rounds as possible of that in 20 minutes, I was like, ah, oh, this won't be that bad. The paper always lies. <laughs> well, it does because how hard you push yourself is how hard the workout's going to be. You can go easy, and it can be an easy workout with the exact same workout, and then you can really you know, uh, crank up the intensity and then make the workout really hard. And that's what's great about body, body weight exercises yeah. and like kettlebell exercises is you can really, um, if, if you're having a day where you don't feel it, you know, like you don't feel like pushing yourself, just get through the exercises. You're still getting a workout. So we did that, but then you went and rode your so, bike for a while. Right. So I took the mountain bike out for about 25 minutes and just rode it hard for 25 minutes just to get some, you know, bike riding in. Yeah. And I did a half of my long run yesterday. So I did two miles, a two mile run after that and then came back. Felt really awesome too. That's been the whole thing with the way that we've changed our eating is those workouts. You would think that all the carb people who tell you you can't do all this without carbs, it's like proving them wrong every single time I go out there because there hasn't been a time where I've been like, I'm just out of gas. Right. And that's the thing is you feel really good to the point where you just want to keep going. And we usually have to cut ourselves off like, okay, we got to, we need to go do other things. We can't just work out all day. I think that's the funniest thing because we finished that 20 minute and I was like, oh my God, it's horrible because we were, you know, pushing it. And then afterwards, when we were sitting there for a second, I said, I think I want to go do my two mile run. <laughs> right, right. And we, and we did, we, we did, and we do that all the time. We'll do extra stuff, which uh, I have to catch myself from doing too much extra because that's usually when I get hurt. 
Yeah, that's, you know, I guess there's a thing called overtraining. I've yep. heard of that. Overtraining. I don't know. That's a foreign word to me. I just want to go, go, go. I need to make a shirt. I overtrain. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do all the time. I overtrain. And I coach my athletes. I tell them, don't overtrain. And they, they do it as well, so i got to reel them in. Um, but that's the kind of stuff that we do. Now, what should you do out there that's listening if you're if you're starting to get into working out? What should you do? Well, it's really a lot simpler than anything because the workout you should do, it should be something that you like to do. Something that you're going to go back to time and time again and and that you're going to enjoy because that's the biggest thing. If you don't enjoy your food, if you don't enjoy your workout, those are going to become chores rather than just a part of your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of it is making it a lifestyle rather than a duty. And, and there's lots of things you can do uh, for any of you that are looking for something different or just getting started. And, I mean, there's a huge list. I mean, walking, biking, running, uh, just going out hiking, lifting a little bit of weights, um, doing some CrossFit, doing yoga, uh, horseback riding. All, those, all of those are exercises. Exactly. And one of the big things to me, and it's going to become harder as we go into the winter season, and mm-hmm. especially depending on where you're located, Um, But getting outside every day, there is something that happens to the human body when you are outside. It's so important. Like your mental clarity just becomes even even greater. Um, You become happier. I don't know. It's something to do with that big ball in the sky called the sun. Right. Get out there and get some sun. And we know everyone's busy. They got busy days. They work eight, ten hours a day. Uh, most days. So, but if you can just focus on 10 minutes, just trying to get 10 minutes a day in of either walking or out in the sun or some type of easy exercise, it's going to benefit you. Oh yeah. We know. So my sister, when she was working, um, I know she would talk about during her break, she had to be at work at like five o'clock in the morning, but on her lunch break, they, where she worked, they had a big, like complex and she would go outside and walk during her lunch break, there's always something you can do to get mm-hmm. out there and get outside or get a few minutes in the sun. It doesn't take a lot. <laughs> I always go yell at our, our son, uh, Stephen, who's in his room, uh, secluded, playing video games. I go in there and I make him get up and do 10 squats and 10 push-ups. And I try to do that as many times a day as I can remember because he's not going to do it on his own. Yeah, I don't know what happens to kids. <laughs> uh, if You know... Okay, let's talk about the video game thing for a second. If you stuck me in a room and made me play video games all day, I would be so mad. That would be like the worst punishment for me to have to sit in one spot and play video games all day. Now, I know we've talked about mental health before on the show, and we can hit on it here because last week was the the shooting in Jacksonville where the kid went into a, a gaming tournament and, and killed two other individuals. So sad. It's so sad and so and so horrible. But if you look at how gamers, how their diet is, they live off Doritos and Cheetos and Mountain Dew and energy drinks. And all, all the stuff they take in all day long has nothing to do with any type of nutrition. Well, okay. So, like, if we go to Target, for instance, where the video games are at, what do they have? They have a whole selection of video games, and underneath it, they've got a whole selection of bags of Doritos. Doritos and Mountain Dews right there. Yeah. And then in another cold, like, they just added this. There's a whole refrigerated section in the video game department 
of monsters and mm-hmm. Red Bulls and all this stuff. And no wonder, you know, if I had to sit there and drink that stuff and eat that food all day, I would become very agitated and angry, maybe depressed. Well, that, that food that has no nutrition is not going to fuel your brain. You're not going to be able to have the coping mechanisms that you need to deal with. You know, you're not going to win every tournament. You know, no. almost everybody loses. One person wins. So right. everybody else has to deal with that. You have to cope. And if you don't have proper nutrition to fuel your brain, you're not going to be able to cope. Yeah, and we talked about that in one of our other podcasts where we talked about mental health and, and, and you know, how diet plays such a huge role in some of these situations where we see these shootings or we, we you know, we have people who are committing suicide, different things like that. And it, it really does come down to a lot of your diet. A huge factor is your diet. Right. I know a lot of you people listening have children and, and they probably play video games because most of them do. Look at what they're eating. Pay attention to how they're fueling their body because they will go all day long playing uh, a video game and never drink water and never take in any food. I know. It's so crazy. Like I said, if you made me do that, you would have to first make me because I hate video games myself. I'm Because I'm, I'm not good at them. I'm good at Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> That's it. And it's one of those things. I'm not good at it, so I don't like it. But if you made me sit there all day long and do that, I would be an angry person. Yeah, it's hard. It, 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 you know... We're, we're the older generation, so we stood up at an arcade and played video games, and we jumped around and used our bodies uh, trying to make Miss Pac-Man or Mr. Pac-Man go in the correct direction. And it was, all, it was a lot more social because you had your friends around you. Mm-hmm. And I think so much now is that people are isolated, and in these video games, they feel like they're connected because they're talking to each other via the game, but they're really not connected with anyone. No. And that's another thing about working out that sometimes you can connect with people. That's why some people like CrossFit. Right. Or some people, they want that community. And, and you know, you CrossFit, that's great. You know, they have the community where everybody shows up and they do a workout together. That's that's really fun. Uh, biking is the same way, you know, and running. You know, a lot of times you have biking groups and running groups. And when you bike for, you know, 100 miles, you, you got every, everybody's talking and having conversations and and do things, and the same thing with running. You're running, of course. Me, I'm probably out of breath, but yeah. you're running. You're running, and and it's there is a social aspect to getting out there and working out. Yeah, the breathing thing. That's funny. If I, somebody was running with me, I wouldn't be talking to them because I've been trying this new breath technique that you were talking to me about. <laughs> so I, I love. If you haven't heard of Wim Hof, he has a breathing technique that uh, he takes people that have basically no. Uh, physical fitness background and in a two-week period he trains them up to hike up mount kilimanjaro in in like a day and that's crazy that'd be like taking me like hey melody come out here i'm gonna train you up and we're gonna go hike mount kilimanjaro in a day yep okay (laughs) and and he does it in like a pair of shorts and no shirt it's amazing but it's crazy it's crazy but he does it with breathing technique and cold therapy uh technique so but there's other people out there that have adopted this Wim Hof method, like Laird Hamilton does. He has a program called XPT, and it's a breathing method. He teaches you how to breathe. And, and this is one of the most, when you talk about working out, one of the most overlooked portions of working out is breathing. How you breathe, preparing for the exercise, breathing before, breathing during, because you've got to move the oxygen to the muscles to work out. This is why a lot of people 
do the thing in cycling called blood doping mm-hmm. because they're just trying to get more oxygen to the muscles. But here's a safer way, maybe breathe. Maybe breathe. <laughs> so, um, a, lot of, a lot of the runners I coach, I notice they have what I call lazy breathing. Yeah, I had lazy breathing. They try to breathe uh, naturally and slow. If you're trying to perform, you need to control your breathing. It needs to be deliberate. I need to be deliberately breathing out and deliberately breathing in to get the max effect. So I tried that this morning on my two-mile run, and what was crazy, and, and maybe we can demonstrate, Steve can demonstrate to you what it sounds like. So I tried it, and I was I was just wanting to go really, really slow today on that run, I did the breathing and I started going faster and I was like, what the heck is happening to me? <laughs> yeah. This is so effortless. It's weird. And I can, I kept it up for about a quarter mile. And then I was like, I need to back off because I'm increasing mileage now and I don't want to hurt myself. Like the tendons in my foot need to acclimate. Mm-hmm. Well, most people will start off breathing slow, but whenever you start to get, you know, past your, what they call your VO2 threshold, you, your body will make you breathe faster. So if you start breathing faster up front, you're going to get ahead of the power curve. It feels super weird at first, I have to say. Um, so can you maybe like do a couple of the breaths so that someone can hear what it sounds like? That's going to be kind of weird. It is going to be weird. It's, it's forced out, forced in. So you're, you're gulping in air. That's a good way to describe it because it is like a gulp. It's like... Like you're like you got scared, and there was a dog, two little dogs that were chasing me at one point <laughs> on this run, and I was doing that breathing, and then I realized, wow, now I'm doing it because I'm scared because I hear these little feet coming behind me, and I didn't know what size dog it was at first, and I turned around, and I was like, oh, you look like the Baxter dog from <laughs> it was a Doxer, man, a, a Dachshund and a Baxter dog. Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah. You saw them too. Well, it, it is trash day. We call that we call that buffet day for the dogs. They're yeah. Are all, they're everywhere in the neighborhood tearing up people's trash. It's so funny. But this little dog turned around. And I was like, oh, it's you. Oh, <laughs> it's a dachshund. Hey, like nine dachshund actually killed a lady. <laughs> it's, so don't. That's not funny. But that not, is a so creepy. Sounding. I'm just saying, don't underestimate the wiener dog. Okay. <laughs> They are car. That's awful. They're but dogs, man. I mean, I was listening to a po- a podcast. It was Joe Rogan talking to Neil Tyson DeGrasse, and they were talking about this thing he did with wolves. And it was like wolves are thinking one thing or two things: should I attack you now, or should I get you in the throat when I'm a little more hungry? And dogs are just like a step away from this wolf, so. You know, I was like, hey, these dogs and these two little dogs are going to kill me. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Oh, it's so creepy, though. But, yeah, I was doing the breath, and it was was really bizarre at first because I start feeling just a little dizzy right at the beginning. I guess it's just all the oxygen. You can feel dizzy, and and that's why they say that don't, don't do the breathing technique and do underwater, like, breath holds. Yeah. Especially if you don't have someone watching you do it. Uh, because I, I know Laird Hamilton does that. They do a lot of underwater exercises, like with kettlebells and weights and, and moving weights around underwater. And we did a lot of that when I first came in the Air Force. When I went through all the training, we did a lot of underwater uh, breath holding, uh, a lot of moving stuff underwater, uh, not tying underwater, and that really increases your your oxygen turnover holding your breath like that. 
Yeah, and you were telling me that one about how you can trick your body into not needing oxygen. You can. But don't try this don't at do home. don't do that. Don't do that at home. <laughs> don't try this at home. Well, that's... A really good thing to, to do, and Wim Hof does this, is he does the 30 breaths, the, the really in and out 30 times breathing, and he doesn't land on the ground, and then then you immediately on your last breath, you, you breathe in and you hold it, and you flip over and do push-ups. I think that people listening to this should try that, and they should let us know like how many normal push-ups normally they can do on push-ups, and then try that and see how many they increase. Well, you have to know... First, how many you do just regular breathing? Yeah. Say it's tw- say it's twenty twenty five. If you and then you you rest and then you do the breathing technique and then you do it again, you always get more push ups. Okay, I'll tell you. I went from ten regular breathing push ups to twenty of uh, the Wim Hof version of the breathing push ups. Just doing the thirty breaths. The first time I ever tried it, it works. It totally works. And even with lifting weights, if you were, if you're doing uh, bench press or or squats or curls or anything else, if you do the breathing technique prior to doing your set, and you hold your breath during the set, you feel stronger. It's really weird, but as soon as you take that breath, it's like you lose it. Oh yeah, as soon as you, you totally breathe, lose it, the muscles just go; they just waste away. It's That's crazy. why you kind of need to be with somebody when you're if you're lifting heavy weights. <laughs> use extreme caution. You have to be careful because we've all seen the little videos of people passing out doing squats. <laughs> And I that's just what watched, happens. I just watched one the other day. And that's exactly what happens. They do. They breathe. They breathe. 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 Get ready, and then they hold it. Well, if you do it, uh, you know, too fast, too long, you're you're going to get dizzy, and if you don't catch yourself, you're going to pass out. Now we're scaring people. Now that nobody's going to want to work no, out. No, everybody's like, I got to do that. That <laughs> sounds awesome. That's that's the way I feel about I it. I know. So the breathing technique is super cool. If they mm-hmm. want to know more about that, they can hit us up and. You do training online, so you can walk somebody through that yeah, absolutely. if they want to do that. Um, another thing this week that I saw, which I know we've talked about our friend Bill who comes out to the track. He's mm-hmm. 82 now. 82. And just had a birthday not long ago. And he's a sprinter, and he's out there because he wants to get faster. Big news. And I don't know if I told this in our last podcast, but he came out and said, Hey, guess what? Reverse my diabetes. Yep. That was like, what? He started eating more fat, more protein, mm-hmm. less carbs and sugar. And now he's he's like reversed his diabetes. He's not taking his meds anymore. Yep. He said he's officially non-diabetic now. Officially non-diabetic. That is so cool. At 82. At 82, he, he reversed it. And he's out there every Wednesday and, and I coach him and I give him tips and uh, you know exercises to do to get better at running because he wants to get faster. But when you're dealing with someone that's 82, you have to be very careful. Yeah. You know, I, I just can't, hey, Bill, go do some deadlifts, man. <laughs> I can't, I can't yeah. send Bill out to do deadlifts. I have to give him little bodyweight exercises that focus on the right muscles for running to get him faster. So did I tell you about the video that I saw this week of the woman who is in her 80s that pole vaults? Did I tell you about yes, that? Yes, you did. That, if you haven't seen that video, guys, you need to go... And just look up 80, I think she's 82 or 84, and she's got world records now in pole vaulting. And she is, I think she started when she was like in her 60s. I I pole vaulted in in junior high. Okay. (laughs) And that was it. 
I have never pole vaulted one time in my entire life. Ever. It's really fun. I I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but she she enjoys it. And she's, like, got all these medals now. And she was, like, 60-something years old the first time she started uh, pole vaulting. And I'm like, what gets a 60-something-year-old lady interested in pole vaulting in the first place? And in the second place, that's awesome. It is. There is never a point in your life where you're too old to start something incredibly inspiring like that that right. is just amazing and we have friends that that we talk to they're that they, they kind of say that yeah you know i'm old now you know there's really you know i'm just am where i am you can always change your diet you can always change your activities and change your lifestyle and get better because if if you're only 50 heck man that's you got 50 more years i, I, I look at to live at least i mean i'm going for 120 130 is my goal but so i'm not even 50 yet I mean, I got 50 more years of life left. I want it to be really good. And that's why we do all these fitness exercises because we focus on functional fitness. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I've said a hundred times before, the goal is to be 90 and getting up and down all by myself without any help from anybody. Yeah. That's, so uh, that's able the to goal. Do, to do exercises and, and have a full life instead of what a lot of people do nowadays is the last 20 years of their life, they're they're sitting in a chair watching Jeopardy and Will of Fortune as they take their medications. They're not living. They're no, not they're out not. doing anything. They're, they're in their house all day long, and that's it. You know, just on a personal note, my grandmother, my, my mom's mom, um, I watched her, like, from the time I was a little girl, I, she was the same to me her almost her whole life, you know. <laughs> she always looked the same to me. But she was in her chair, like, I would be, I, I think I was like five years old going over there, and she would be in her chair all day long, like, not doing much of anything. And then when I was 20, she was in her chair not doing much of anything. And so I just watched her slowly deteriorate. She had osteoporosis. She had to wear a back brace. She just kept getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that. I look at that and I'm like, that is exactly the opposite of what I'm going to be. I use that as motivation for myself. I want to be outside lifting weights when I'm 80 years old. That's what I want to do. And there's no reason you can't. No, there's not. I mean, I watch the CrossFit Masters, and I know I make you watch that with me, and I watch the 60-plus, you know, and I'm just like, those people are my heroes. I'm watching them and going, that is the most amazing thing because when everyone else has, like, basically given up and is just like, well, like you said, I'm old and, I, you know, it's too late for me, they're like, I'm just getting started. Yeah, if you want some motivation... Look at the age group, uh, the master's age group in CrossFit, the, the 60 plus. Those people are out there. There's 60 year old women who are cut. I mean, they got massive arms and they look good. I know. They look, they look amazing. And, I, and they're strong. Yeah. They're strong. Like, I watched one of the, uh, the competition, I can't remember which one it was, for this, uh, this last, I guess, 2018. And I watched their workout, and I was like, I don't think I could keep up with them. There, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think there's any I, way. I don't either. I watched them. Th- that I could keep up with them. 
Yeah, and the keto train agrees. I guess it does. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing you have to remember is when you when you get up, you know, uh, older in your 60s, even in your 40s and 50s, you got to make sure you get more protein to build the muscle. I know, and this is just that thorn in the flesh all the time where in the keto world, and I think we're coming out of it. We're coming out of that whole thing about protein is scary. Protein is your friend. And the better I, the, the older I get, the better I feel, the more protein I eat. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just, I, I eat more protein now than I probably ever have. And I feel better than I ever have. Right. So, because if you're working out, you're working out hard enough to, to have muscle breakdown, then you have to have muscle protein synthesis. You have to build muscle. So that's the, way, that's the way muscle works. That's the way you build it. You break it down, you build it back with protein. You notice there's there's no carbohydrates in there. There's no process where carbohydrates builds muscle. I know. I really, I hate the thing of like, you can't build muscle without carbs. I'm pretty sure that protein and time under tension are what build muscle. They're, they're, you know, people can uh, tie other things to building muscle that the other processes like I, uh, uh, IGF-1. Yeah, the, the insulin growth-like factor. Insulin-like growth factor 1. It just yeah. gave me for a second. Now, people can tie that, but but the they're assuming that you have to eat carbohydrates to make that happen, and that's not true. Your body will right. complete that process never having eaten carbs. Yeah, exactly. And that's I think that's that's where it gets a little confusing for people. But I will say this. This last couple of weeks has been like the we had study Mageddon last week with some pretty crappy <laughs> studies. And I have just decided, guys, that you can show me all the studies you want. A lot of them are really poorly done. And what I'm finding out is every day I'm a self-study. I am a study, a walking study, in that I can eat meat and I can have some eggs, some coffee, a few different animal proteins like that and fats, and I can build muscle, have energy to do a crap ton of sprints. What we did 16 sprints mm-hmm. last Friday, yep. and and I'm getting faster and stronger. That's all I need. I don't need your I don't need your Harvard study telling me that, um, you know, low carb is going to kill me early. I I don't believe you. Well, we tell everybody you're you're an individual, so listen to how your body feels. Not. One diet is right for everyone. Not one workout type of workout is right for everyone. So listen to your body and get out there and do something. Uh, a couple of tips we give as far as we, we get asked all the time about supplements, what, you know, pre-workouts. We recommend you stay away from pre-workouts. Um, I, <laughs> I did a lot in my 30s and uh, pre-workouts eventually tooed me. I mean, just it totally screwed my system up um, because you overstimulate to get a really good workout and then you have to continually up that ante well and that's where that whole adrenal fatigue comes in where people are just like then they can't function without it because i was looking at some of those before we started recording and some of the caffeine milligrams of caffeine in some of these pre-workouts is enough to make someone's heart explode i mean it's just like 480 milligrams of caffeine and then it's the warnings. Do not use this with any other pro, uh, products that contain caffeine. Do not take more than one scoop a day. One of them said, under any circumstances. Under any circumstances. That's so, scary. Yeah, that is scary. Uh, now, we're not saying that we don't do any pre-workout stuff. We make sure we're hydrated. Uh, we've got salt. Uh, we've got electrolytes. 
Uh, we drink ketones. Yep. So about 30 minutes prior to a workout, we'll drink uh, a little bit of ketones. Uh, and for me, again, I think it's a great workout because it has amino acids that are important to me. And I feel like it reduces inflammation and makes my workout a little better. Yeah. And, I mean, we we might have a cup of coffee in the morning mm-hmm. before our first workout. But the ketones, the salt, the water, that electrolyte balance, and maybe just a cup of regular coffee, that's all we do for any kind of workout. Well, creatine. So... A little bit of creatine has been shown uh, to be good for working out. And when I say a little bit, I mean, you know, two to five grams a day max. Yeah, don't, that's the thing where it's like, if a little is good, more must be better Yeah. that people do, and then you're going to end up getting cramps. Now, that's another thing that I overdid in the past when creatine first came out, like in the, the early 90s. Then back then they told you you had to load it. You had a two a two week load cycle where you just took a massive amount of creatine and talk about cramps. Oh my gosh, I had cramps so bad in my neck uh, and in my uh, like shoulders that I I had to stop taking it because it just totally did not work for me. Yeah. But what I found is about about two grams if I take it every other day seems to be fine. But if I overtake it, I will get cramps. Right, and then. With the creatine, a lot of the the whole thing is those pre-workouts usually have it in there too. And then if somebody takes it in addition to that, they're getting way too much. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you do a pre-workout and it has that in there, just skip the pre-workout and get that on its own. It does have some benefits. And, you know, there's even some studies that show that the creatine itself can be helpful with the, for those with Parkinson's disease. Yep. And, you know, also your red meat does contain it as well. So you don't need as much of a supplement if you're eating well. And and that's the other part of working out is recovery, rest and recovery. So that's nutrition and rest. So that's sleeping and eating. You have to do those two things well to get proper muscle protein synthesis and build muscle and be able to work out again. Yeah, and that's really important. I probably jacked your sleep for the last couple of nights because <laughs> I've had this a little bit of allergy thing, and I I snore. <laughs> she was doing a heavy breathing workout all night long. All night long, can't help it. <laughs> Try not to. But you know, you got to get good sleep, and you got to have good nutrition. And you know, people always talk about eating directly after you work out. Um, we usually have a meal not too long after we work out, and that's. Because it's usually our, our first meal of the day. Yeah. And um, then and then we do the same in the afternoon after an afternoon workout. Not long after that. Within an hour or so, we're usually eating dinner. And, I mean, it just kind of works out that way for us. It might not work out that way for your schedule. Well, and, and there's different uh, theories on that. You know, if you're trying to lose weight, they don't, you know, then don't, don't eat immediately after. If you're trying to build muscle, eat within an hour. Uh, and this goes back to how you feel. What makes you feel better? If you feel great eating not too long after a workout, then that's what you should do. If it bothers you, then don't do it. Don't get stuck in the you have to do this box because uh, you need to do, the only thing you have to do is what makes you feel good. That's what you have to do. Right. I know like with running, I can't eat before I run. Can't do it. But some people can't run without eating. Mm-hmm. So it's just very bio-individual yep. when it comes to that. You will see You will see everything out there. You'll see people that tell you you have to eat breakfast before you work out. And other people tell you, no, you have to fast before you work out. You have to try both to see what works for you. That's the point. And if you are still unsure of what to do, you can always like 
try to work with a personal trainer or a nutritionist. I don't know where you could find one of those. Yellow pages. Yeah. <laughs> so we do have, you know, that's something that we need to share is that we do have some um, monthly coaching available online. I've have, I have it set up like a subscription. So you get four appointments in the month and they're online and it's pretty affordable. And we can talk about, we, we work with you on your, your diet, you know, your, your nutrition, your supplements, your workouts, mm-hmm. um, pinpointing any kind of like health issues to help better your digestion, all those cool things that will will make you a better athlete. And I say athlete because if you're getting out there and you're doing stuff, you know, you could be a you could be an athlete. You're you're now an athlete, right? And we don't tailor things. We we, we don't have a box like you know the standard. We just give this to everyone, and that's what we say. Do we listen to who you are, what you like? what your history is, how old you are, uh, you know, take all that into account and then we build a program for you. Yeah. And that's really important because, you know, what works for a 20-year-old isn't going to work for a 40-year-old. And that's a big thing that we have uh, really wanted to work on with people is that when you are over 40, and I know that a lot of our friends who are now over 40 are coming and saying, hey, I need to do this ketogenic diet or this carnivore diet because I have all these health issues. And that's about when they start cropping up. And so it's a little different when you start working out when you're 40 and your joints are a little different or they're a little dried out and you need to be a bit more careful sometimes with those compound moves and starting to lift heavy. But we can help you work right through that. Yeah, a lot of people that they feel tired. Again, it goes back to uh, I'm not recovering well. Uh, I pushed myself too hard. I didn't get the right electrolytes. Electrolytes is like the biggest one. Anytime that somebody comes to me and says, "Hey, I've been really tired," and I, and I ask them how much sodium or how much uh, what type of electrolyte drink they use, and they'll say they don't. Then, then almost 100 yeah. percent that nails it. That they start replacing those electrolytes, and that energy comes back. And the first step is you actually need to drink water. <laughs> we <laughs> we've, we've had, had that, that conversation before. You guys who have listened to us for a while, you know we've had those issues where we've had people who don't even drink any water. It's like, no, I don't drink any water. Uh, you know, and the thing is, is when someone starts drinking a lot of water, now you have to replace the electrolytes. So. You drink yes. too much water, you're going to flush your electrolytes. You don't drink enough, you're not going to be able to have the energy to work out. So it's that delicate balance that, that people have to deal with to get the most out of their efforts. Exactly. And here's the thing. like A lot of people will be um, on a ketogenic diet or a carnivore diet, ketovore diet, whatever you want to call it now. And when they start to feel good and they start working out and they do all these things, all of a sudden they will, they'll start having leg cramps all of a sudden and they don't understand why and they blame the diet and kind of, yes, you can kind of blame the diet, but it's, it is just a fact that you require a lot more magnesium and things like that for repair when you do start doing workouts. Mm -hmm. So you do have to be very careful with that. And you have to know like how to replace these electrolytes because some people will overtake potassium and then they'll get one issue from that. And, you know, so you have to be careful. It's really good to work with someone yes. when you start doing that. Okay. Well, we've covered a lot. I, I think we've pretty much crushed this uh, podcast like we crushed a workout. Yeah. 
Big thing, always check labels. <laughs> we didn't even <laughs> mention that. So if you are going to go buy any of this stuff, like creatine, or if you're going to even think about a pre-workout, please don't. But label reading, just if you have a question, you can ask us. Yeah. We'll help you out. So until then, go out there and eat fat and prosper. Thanks for listening to The Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to btkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.